0: Welcome to
1: 900 Ackland Avenue. What follows is a service from December
2: 18th, 2022. Thank you and God bless. Good morning, everyone.
3: Welcome to Ackland. You're visiting. Thank you. And if you're here with family, friends for the holidays, that's even more special. We're going to have our uh, worship service. And after service, we have a little break for fellowship, donuts, and coffee. And then we have Bible class for all ages. So uh, please stay with us. I'm going to be reading from Isaiah chapter 7 verses 10 through 16 I'm reading from the NIV this is um, about King Ahaz who's king of Judah so Judah and Israel are uh, separated and at war Ahaz is a bad king and um, this is a really interesting pull out in Uh, when Isaiah approaches him and God speaks to him through Isaiah, starting in verse 10. Again, the Lord spoke to Ahaz, ask the Lord your God for a sign, whether in the deepest depths or in the highest heights. But Ahaz said, I will not ask. I will not put the Lord to the test then isaiah said hear now your house of david is it not enough to try the patience of men will you try the patience of my god also therefore the lord himself will give you a sign the virgin will be with the child and will give birth to a son and will call him emmanuel he will eat curds and honey when he knows enough to reject the wrong and choose the right but before the boy knows enough to reject the wrong and choose the right the land of the two kings you dread will be laid waste shall we pray father in heaven thank you so much for this congregation for our brothers and sisters who are united In Christ our one and only Savior and your son be with us as we praise your name and lift up our voices to you and rejoice that through Jesus Christ we are saved and we do look forward to being with you in heaven someday in Jesus we pray amen
1: and doctors, Adrian, who we've known for a while, is having an episode, and we're just going to have a prayer here, a pause, that God's presence would be among us, that God would bless us, that God would be with Adrian at this time, let's pray together. Lord God, we ask that you send your Holy Spirit and your healing power, that you be with our brother Adrian, that you bring him health, that you bring him guidance, that you bring healing. Lord, we ask for your divine healing at this time, that you bring in peace, that you bring us comfort. Lord, that we be a people that look out for others and encourage others. Lord, may your will be done in all things. May we have your heart for all people in all things. And through Christ we pray. Amen.
2: more like Jesus and follow Beautiful, the hands and serve the wine and the bread, and the sons of the earth, how beautiful.
4: Between the cherubim, shine forth before Ephraim, Benjamin, and Manasseh. Awaken your might! Come and say this: Restore us, O God! Make your face shine on us, that we may be saved. How long, Lord God Almighty, will your anger smoulder against the prayers of your people? You have fed them with the bread of tears; you have made them drink tears by the bowlful. You have made us an object of derision to our neighbors and our enemies mock us. Restore us, God Almighty. Make your face shine on us, that we may be saved. Let your hand rest on the man at your right hand, the son of man that you have raised up for yourself. Then we will not turn away from you. Revive us, and we will call on your name. Restore us, Lord God Almighty. Make your face shine on us, that we may be saved. Let's pray. Lord, in this season of Advent, we're especially aware of the contrast between dark and light. The short days of this time of year amplify the pain and the suffering around us. But the lights of Advent remind us that you are with us. Shine on us, Lord, and help us to share that light with those around us. Um, God, we pray especially for Adrian right now that you would bring him healing, comfort, and peace. We lift him up. Let your light shine on him. Be with those who are sick or in pain or in recovery. Um, We pray for the Myricks and their family in the mourning of their cousin. We pray for Shelly's friend, Helena. We pray for our friends in cancer treatment, for Leanne, for Brett, for Pam, Robert, Jane, Ed, Aiden, and Debbie. We ask that you comfort Zora in her surgery tomorrow, be with her, bring her swift healing, give her peace. And we pray your continued blessing and recovery over Christy, Stina, Chuck Hickman, and Jason Agu. God, we think of our missionaries who are um, sacrificing so much to be lights in this world. We pray for Jason and Emily Miller and their children. We pray for Lindsay Creets. We pray for Manuel Rodoma and for Hiawatha, Byron, and Sazana. God, be with us. Bring us healing. In Jesus we pray. Amen.
5: Supplement book, please. Seventy-four. This, this was a, one of the favorite songs of a man who was inspiration for me, other than my father, as a songwriter me a long time associated with Lipscomb. and the, he, he had a he had a dream or a, a hope that when he got to heaven, that God would actually like let him sing all four parts at the same time. That's <laughs> what <laughs> <laughs> he hoped he uh, And so, you yeah, I think that would be great. <clears throat> when I shall reach the more excellent glory, and all my
2: trials are past. I shall be told him a wonderful story. I shall be like him at last. I shall be like him. I shall be like him. And in his beauty shall shine. I shall be like him. Wondrously like him. wait till the glorious dawning breaks on the vision so
5: Four hundred ninety-nine, four ninety-nine after the lesson, for now to three hundred sixty-three.
1: Well, update Adrian is feeling better, and the ambulance got here, and they're checking his blood sugar and everything. But answered prayer, he's, he's doing better. And thank you, all the nurses and doctors that got up to, to check on him. Kids, I know that's a little scary, maybe a little chaotic, but, um, but that's just how things go sometimes. Everybody handled that we're, well. We're just so, so grateful for that. Okay, uh, we're in the fourth week of Advent. Advent simply means arrival. Coming. It's a sense of anticipation. It's a sense. If you remember uh, early Christmases when you just couldn't sleep because you were so excited, you would look at the clock, you know, over and over again. And I remember this as a kid. And I would look at the clock, and it was three fifteen. And then what seemed like hours later, I would look at the clock, and it was three nineteen. And I was like, "Christmas morning will never come." You know, heard someone say once, "The only thing that's harder." then waiting is giving up hope and just not waiting for anything that's what we're doing in this season we're telling ourselves that waiting will be worth it it is good to be people that wait it's good to be people that expect it's good to be people that anticipate because there is a hope that is real there's a hope that is true and we live in faith because of that we're gonna do a couple things uh, this morning. We're gonna read the scripture, and then what I'd like to do is kinda of do like a eight to 10 minute detailed Bible study on what I think some of the background of the text actually is. And then we're gonna do a fun uh, little interview. You know, we've been doing some interviews. So, you know, we're a smaller church, but per capita, it's amazing some of the stats within this church. It's actually amazing how many nurses and doctors we have. Okay. But the other thing, I have not fact-checked this, but I'm quite certain it's true, that we have the highest percentage of members who grew up in Alaska, okay, in this church, okay? So this morning, I'm gonna introduce Shannon and Anna Marie in just a second, and uh, we're gonna talk about Alaska, and specifically how dark it is in Alaska in the winter, and we're gonna talk about that, in the things of hope and stuff. But if you would, stay with me, and we'll read the scripture together. This comes from the Gospel of Matthew, Matthew chapter 1, 18 through 25. And if you'd like to join with me in the bold section, feel free. There's an allusion to Isaiah chapter 7, verse 14, which is what Aaron began the service with. And that's what we're going to be talking a lot about this morning. Matthew chapter 1, 18 through 25. This is how the birth of Jesus the Messiah came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. Thank you. When Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him, he took Mary home as his wife. But he did not consummate their marriage until she gave birth to a son, and he gave him the name Jesus, this is God's word. You may be seated. What I'd like you to do is turn to page 558 in your pew Bible. So you're going to grab the pew Bible. We're going to look at a couple of chapters from Isaiah. So this prophecy here of Emmanuel, I've always wanted to wrap my mind around what's truly going on here. And i just gone through a dive recently trying to understand this i heard somebody tell me once they're like if we would truly understand the book of isaiah and the book of psalms we would understand jesus and i thought that was really really cool so we're going to look a little bit about isaiah uh, today now here's the thing we think a lot about jesus relationship to the old testament and how jesus fulfills old testament prophecy okay so you know the thing is you always realize you learn a lot when you start teaching children so I'm teaching the middle school class right now and we were in this this same reading last week and I was trying to explain this to the middle schoolers about prophecy and how most prophecy in the Old Testament when it comes to Jesus is really the idea of of typology okay like there's a type or an archetype that is set up and then Jesus fulfills it and takes it to the next level and I was trying to explain the idea of typology A lot of the middle schoolers are doing what you're doing right now. You're like, I don't know what you're talking about. This doesn't make sense to me. Okay. So one of the more insightful kids like, oh, are you just talking about patterns? And I was like, yes, thank you. That's what I'm trying to talk about. Okay. A pattern is set up and then fulfilled. Okay. So easiest pattern we see here in this reading from Matthew chapter one, before we get to Isaiah, is they come to him and they say, you're going to name this boy Jesus. Okay. Okay. Which, when we're going through our English Bibles, doesn't mean much to us. just goes over our head. We're like, we haven't heard of the name Jesus yet in the Bible. But then, if you look at the footnote there, and you study it, you're like, oh, Jesus is the Greek version of Joshua. Right? Mary would have probably pronounced it Yeshua. Okay. So, imagine this. Imagine you're a Hebrew family. You're under oppression by the Romans. You're going to have a miracle child. And you're told... We're going to name this boy Joshua. You're like, oh, that means something. Okay? If you had a vision from God that you're going to have a special child and they said, we want you to name the child Abraham Lincoln. <laughs> you're like, oh, wow, that has a meaning. Wouldn't you name it Martin Luther King? You're like, oh, something's going on here, specific, if that's the name I'm supposed to do. Okay? So, <clears throat> Joshua was the leader in the Old Testament that took the people of God into the land of Canaan. The name Joshua means. The Lord saves, saving the people, okay? So the pattern here is that one named Joshua leads you out of slavery into freedom. Jesus fulfills the type or the pattern by being the next Joshua, okay? And shout out to Walter. Walter, you are the one that helped me with the insight. And I was like, a win for J.T. Moore. What a great school. Okay, so look here at Isaiah chapter 6 as we look at this idea of patterns. Here's what's going on. The time period would have most likely been the 730s, okay? So this is B.C., this is before Christ, the 730s. This is about 300 years after David and Solomon and all that stuff, Two or 300 years. And what's going on here is you have a divided kingdom between the north and the south, okay? There are 10 tribes in the north that have split off into two tribes in the south, and the northern kingdom is often called Israel, and the southern kingdom is often called Judah, specifically in these passages what aaron read from isaiah 7 the prophet isaiah is talking to the southern kingdom known referred referred to as judah and this is king ahaz what's going on from a political perspective is this the two people groups north of judah israel that are their countrymen that they've split off from okay and the syrians or the land of aram are threatening the southern kingdom of judah And Ahaz is trying to figure out politically what he's going to do. It's like a game of risk, okay? And these are his choices. He can cut a deal with the Assyrians, which were different than the Syrians. I know this is confusing, okay? He can cut a deal with the Assyrians that are to the north and northeast of Syria. Or he can go back and cut a deal with the Egyptians. That's what he's trying to figure out. And Isaiah's like, don't cut deals, just trust in Yahweh, okay, is what he's trying to tell him. The big theme of Isaiah is because of their wickedness and because they worship other gods and they mistreated the poor, is they are going to experience the consequences of that and experience the absence of God. They're going to go into exile, but ultimately a remnant will be preserved. Okay. Isaiah chapter six is the famous call of the prophet Isaiah, the holy, holy, holy. You remember that? We sing the song. Look at... Isaiah chapter six, verse 13. This is on page 558 of your pew Bible. Isaiah chapter six, verse 13. It's talking about the judgment that's gonna come. The last line there is, so the holy seed will be the stump in the land. The holy seed will be the stump in the land. What is the holy seed? The holy seed is the lineage of David, right? God's promises to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob fulfilled through David. And then if you go over to page 562, this is Isaiah chapter 11. If you go to 562, you see this in 11 verse 1. A shoot will come up from the stump of Jesse. From his roots, a branch will bear fruit. So what's going on is the people of Judah, the southern kingdom, and Jerusalem was the crown jewel of the southern kingdom, the capital city. They're going to experience a type of judgment. They're going to be whittled down to a stump. But don't you worry, because a branch is going to grow off of that stump someday, and there is going to be a future king, a future son of David. So they are caught in between. It's going to get worse before it gets better, but there is going to be a branch of David that is going to be our king, and we long for that king. And friends, that's going to be the ultimate sense of the pattern or the type, but there's going to be several movements along that trajectory. Now go to chapter seven, back to page 558, okay? So this is during the reign of of Ahaz. His son is gonna be Hezekiah. Ahaz, not a great king. Hezekiah has moments where he he had some good moments, okay? But Ahaz is told, I mean, Isaiah is told to go talk to King Ahaz. Remember, this is Ahaz, king of the southern kingdom of Judah. He's feeling pressure from Israel to the north, sometimes referred to as Ephraim. And Aram were the Syrians And he's trying to figure out do I want to cut a deal With the Assyrians, or the Egyptians or what do I do And the prophet Isaiah is going to go Now here's what we need to know About signs here Is the name of Isaiah's Kids means something So go to verse 3 of chapter 7 7-3 The Lord said to Isaiah Go out you and your son Shair Jeshu if you follow the footnote down, it says, Shere means a remnant will return. So that's the name of Isaiah's son, is a remnant will return. So he's going to go out to King Ahaz and he says, Hey, don't trust in political deals. Don't trust in armies. Trust in Yahweh. And isn't this a message that we should always tell ourselves? Don't trust in political deals and alliances, trust in God. And by the way, have you met my son lately? His name is in a remnant will return. Okay? So that's supposed to mean something to him. Okay. Then he goes down. Look at verse 9. If you do not stand firm in your faith, this is the latter part of verse 9. If you do not stand firm in your faith, you will not stand at all. So the message of this is stand firm, trust Yahweh. Now, he's going to give him a sign. He's going to give him a sign that the hope is real and that he should trust. And the sign is going to be a child. Now notice how often in the Bible that a sign of hope is a child. Remember, Sarah's told she's going to have a boy named Isaac. Hannah prays for a son and she has Samuel. Elizabeth and Zechariah have John the Baptist okay this is another pattern that keeps going on over and over again so it should be no surprise that when god comes to earth it's this amazing pregnancy okay so verse 14 okay this is going to be the sign the lord himself will give you a sign the virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and will call him emmanuel and emmanuel means god with us now the word there, virgin, is the Hebrew word Alma. So it refers to a woman that is young and has not been married and has not had a marriage consummated, has not had a child, okay? That's what Alma means, okay? Notice what is a peculiar thing is gonna happen to the son. Verse 15, he will be eating curds and honey when he knows enough to reject the wrong and choose the right. Curds is another word for yogurt. Okay, and basically what this means is, okay, Assyria is going to come and knock the socks off, Syria and the northern kingdom. And if you go in with those jokers, Assyria is going to get you too. But if you trust in Yahweh, okay, Assyria is going to come into your land, but will not take Jerusalem. And this is exactly what happens under Ahaz's son, Hezekiah, by the way, okay? So he says, things are gonna get chaotic and crazy when Assyria comes and it's gonna shake up the economy and people aren't gonna be able to do normal agriculture and it's gonna get so bad that people are just gonna be eating yogurt and honey, okay? We would put it this way, buckle up, everybody's just gonna be eating ramen noodles, (laughs) okay? So when he says, the sign is gonna be, there's gonna be a child and before the child even hits the age of like twelve or thirteen, he's gonna be eating yogurt and honey and we're like, I don't care about any it. just goes right over our head. But to them it was like the economy's gonna be in shambles because the Syria's gonna come, we're not gonna be able to do normal agriculture and we're all gonna be eating cliff bars, which is actually a good I love cliff bars. But anyway, it's gonna be that we're gonna be eating road trip food, we're not gonna be able to have sit down meals. Now, this is exactly what happens in the next few years. Okay? So, who is this child? And there are several answers to who this child is. Okay, go to chapter 8. I promise it's only like three or four more minutes, and then I'll interview people that are more interesting. Okay, Isaiah chapter 8. The Lord said to me, this is Isaiah, verse 1. Take a large scroll and write on it with an ordinary pen. My hair shallal hash box now, if you go down, you see the footnote. This is a name for a child, and it means quick to the plunder, swift to the spoils. So what happens is, he, God tells, give him this name for a child. And then you see in verse 3, Isaiah goes and he has sexual relations with his wife, referred to as the prophetess. And they have another child. Okay, And this child they name Mahershalal Hashbaz. Which once again means quick to the plunder, swift to the spoil. Meaning the prophecy is going to come to place, what has just been said. Assyria is going
4: to come down. And
1: before this boy gets to 12 or 13, okay, they're going to be eating yogurt honey. <laughs> and it's going to be fulfilled. The pattern is fulfilled in Isaiah's own child. Notice, as he talks about this prophecy, look at the end of verse 8 there of chapter 8. Its outspread wings will cover the breadth of your land. Emmanuel, later verse 10, devise your strategy, but it will be thwarted. Propose your plan, but it will not stand for God is with us. Emmanuel again. And then look at verse 18. Here am I and the children the Lord has given me. We are signs and symbols. Okay, so Isaiah's own child is part of the pattern that's set up here now incidentally many people think ahaz's own child hezekiah is part of this pattern too because he's going to be the one when later uh, the assyrians come and try to take jerusalem hezekiah is faithful and god god takes care of them now of course the ultimate fulfillment of this is jesus this is the beautiful thing about some of these old testament passages There's not just one fulfillment. It's a pattern that is set up. So in a sense, Isaiah's own son is the sign and fulfills this. In a sense, and this is a larger conversation, Hezekiah, Ahaz's son fulfills this. But also, in the most triumphant and final fulfillment of this, Jesus is the child of Isaiah 7. And there is a young woman, and what we read in Matthew 1, before the relationship is even consummated, there's a miracle child. And this is where the pattern goes to fulfillment because Abram and Sarah consummated their relationship. Hannah and, I'm going black on Hannah's husband, but they consummated their relationship. Zachariah and Elizabeth consummated their relationship. Joseph and Mary did not. This takes the pattern to this ultimate type of thing of God's word. There's going to be a child and that child is a sign that God is with us. Next week, we'll talk about this more. I'm going to go ahead and give you a teaser on a Christmas Day. Once again, we're meeting at 1030 next week. We're going to interview uh, Eric and Austin and baby Judah. And we're going to celebrate our Christmas baby. And we're going to talk about how babies and children are signs that God is with us. But what I'd like to do right now is invite Shannon and Anna Maria. Have a seat at these stools. And we're going to talk more about signs. We talked a lot about this time of year about how God is the light of the world Coming into darkness, and we're going to talk more about what that means. You guys want to share? I'm so grateful for them uh, doing this, and this was on short notice uh, earlier this week, so I really appreciate it. So. How great is it? Once again, we have two people from our church that grew up in Alaska. Did you guys hang out in Alaska? Did you know each other?
6: No, but we, <laughs> we, we went to the same church at different times. Yeah. Really? We were baptized in the same church. You were baptized in the same church? we were baptized in the same church. Yeah, just we didn't know each other. Then.
1: That's trivia. Yeah, I didn't even know. Okay, first question. got a couple questions here. You guys can just rotate back and forth. Can you describe how much sunlight Alaska receives in winter compared to summer? Just walk us through what's going on there
4: actually
6: looked up the numbers. Yes. (laughs) Um, In December 21st, which is the darkest day, which I I always noticed, you know, like you're you're anticipating the darkest day, is about five and a half hours of daylight. Um, So you go to work in the dark and you come home in the dark. Um, And then in the summer, it's about 19 and a half hours of daylight, but it's never really dark. Um, That's, I mean, you could go tent camping and if you didn't have a flashlight, you, you know, your world would be fine. Um, So, yeah. Um, And one thing, too, the news would do so
7: starting like December 22nd is they start counting how many minutes you're gaining. And then June 21st, they start counting how many you're losing. And of course, you lose it faster than you gain it. So, kind of a unique thing to Alaska. And one other thing, so. We're from Anchorage, which if you look at a map, there's like a U-shape at the bottom. And remember, it's the biggest state, it's three times bigger than Texas. No yeah. offense to you Texans. Um, but Anchorage is at the very bottom in the south, so the very north, I think like Barrow, I don't know if they changed the name, I don't know. The very, very north, um, they get three months of complete black and three months of complete sunlight like it looks here. So we, we get the best part of the state. I
6: guess. We get some sunlight.
1: So what was it like to grow up when it was that way in winter, like, what was that like?
6: Well, it, it sounds like a big deal, but it's like the humidity here in the summer. If you grew up in it, it just was. So, yeah, so, um, which that was an adjustment, by the way. Um, but it's just, when you're, there are like different phases. When you're a kid, you don't really notice because, I mean, snow just means sledding, you know? Um, if it was too cold and I didn't walk to school, um, you know, I was driven and by too cold, I think we're probably getting about 20 below. And um, then, and I grew up in a house that was on a corner with a street light, so I always had light coming in my window. You know, so it never felt that dark. But then, college was a little bit noticeable, because they wanted me to be places at certain times, and I was responsible, and it was dark, and it was snowy, and it was cold. The most noticeable for me, though, and, and Anna Marie didn't have to do this because she came to Lipscomb, is that then when I was out of college and you go to work and it's dark, and you come home and it's dark, and you never see the daylight, and that that was the hardest thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. But,
7: well, I did. I did have a job my senior year of high school, and yeah, I. I worked in the basement, and so I went to work, and it was completely dark. Went in a basement, didn't see any light, unless I went upstairs, and then it was dark. And my mom still talks about it's. It's just hard to go when there's no sunlight. So, but like Shannon said, I was thinking about this question. I'm like, if that's just that was our life, I, it's like here when it's 110 degrees, you just stay inside. It's like there, If it's really cold, you just stay inside. So, well, that was my next okay. question: is
1: is how do people adapt to that? Are they like? tricks of the trade that only Alaskans would know? Like, how are we gonna get through the cold and the lack of light and like, how do we get through it?
6: Well, the cold isn't really any different than if you lived in Minneapolis or something okay. like that. You know, it would, that would be similar. Um, we just specialize in the darkness in the winter. But to me, it's around Christmas. And so there's activity and parties and there's Christmas lights and caroling and you know, all the things. And so, to me, that always helped me get through the first part of it. And then, like Anne-Marie said, you know how many minutes are being added, like starting, you know, in January, and it's just—it's very hopeful. <laughs> you know, you just—you know, this is flipping around. Um, in the summer, when they start telling you what you're losing, not so much. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. When I was think,
7: you'd ask like, how do you cope with it? And one thing that's different, I think, about Alaska versus like a Minneapolis or Mm -hmm. upstate New York or somewhere like that. Also, I would say sometimes more extreme winters really is that it's very isolating there, even in Anchorage, because you can't you can't get in a car and go anywhere. Even in the summer, I mean, people camp and stuff, but um, I mean, most of the state looks the same. So even if you drive, you know, here if you drive seven hours, you're in Florida, and you can't do that there. So um, you know, places like especially in the villages and places like that, there's a lot of um, alcoholism and abuse and just really sad things, but, um, so I think you have to have a good, we always had a good support system and a good church, and I think that's really important because a lot of people there do have depression and stuff like that, um, I don't know if they did this when you lived there, but, um, and I don't know if they still do, but I think they do. In the wintertime, they would ask people to leave their Christmas lights on, like, through winter, and they called it the City of Lights so um i don't know if they still yeah, do they that do. yeah and then on the mountain in anchorage anchorage is like in a bowl so there's the city and there's the inlet and then the mountains are behind it and um they light up a big star and they keep it lit through the winter too which i think is cool Oh wow! and then of course there's the, i'm going to say but the aurora borealis that you can see when it's really dark um, and usually it's really cold when you can see it but that's kind of a cool what is that natural, northern lights. the northern lights oh the northern yes. lights yeah so, a natural way to light up. Yeah. So they, they make ways to make light where there's not light. Mm-hmm.
1: So people prepare for the lack of darkness, not just physically, like you prepare to have a coat and mittens and hat, but emotionally, you would prepare for the winter?
6: Probably. I mean, it, you, you know it's coming. <laughs> I mean, it, it, again, you know, it's, it's like the heat of the summer here. You know it's coming and it will end. Um, but, yeah, we didn't do the lights, the lights things. Light cool, right? That's really cool. But my brother did tell me recently that the star on the mountain, it's on, it's on military land, I guess yeah. it is, and they tried to defund it. And everybody got up in arms, and private people were coming up, and no, we'll pay, we'll pay. And finally they decided this actually was more important than they realized it was. They were going to
1: defund your light? There? Yeah, sure.
6: yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, you can't take the star away. But, yeah, it just... Alaskans are different, I think, too, and um, we are, because of the isolation, we have to be more independent. Mm -hmm. You know, you just know that you have to take care of yourself because, I mean, it takes a long time to drive out of there. You know, like she said, I mean, from anywhere in the lower 48, if you get really tired of it, you can just get in your car and drive toward whatever your closest beach is or your warm place, (laughs) and you'll be there really in not too much time, and you can't do that in Alaska. Um, So you just... Just kind of suck it up and keep going <laughs>
7: well last
1: question how do how does people 's moods
7: change
1: mm. as summer nears and it gets more light
7: yeah i mean it's like here I notice it here in March when like it starts getting lighter and warmer and you can be outside, I mean, it's the same, it just doesn't really start till like middle of May <laughs> or around then, and even then, I mean, I remember it snowing in May and you just like cry because you're just so <laughs> tired of it. I equate it to how we all felt with COVID, it's like, oh, we thought it was done and then and it, it keeps, just coming, keeps yeah. coming, yeah, so, I mean, it's the same, it's the same here, I would say, as anticipating, but there, I mean, summer people just scatter, I mean, church is not full on Sundays because everyone's camping or they're going to their cabin or whatever because you can do
6: stuff in the and you can't mm-hmm. in the winter so yeah yeah I think a lot of life is condensed into a shorter amount yeah. of time <laughs> yeah. yeah so you know all the major holidays it, it's yeah it's, it, it can get crazy. Um, you know the salmon fishing side by side everybody's lined up in the river kind of a thing. Um, so yeah it's it's just different
2: yeah
6: yeah it is it's just different. And the thing about coping is uh, you know in the winter, it was used to be called cabin fever, and then they changed it to seasonal affective disorder, which spells sad, and I thought, how much time did they have to spend to find words that meant sad? I wish sad? I had been in that meeting. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so some people will have full spectrum lights and things like that to help them, you know, that, that it really bothers them. And you know, today the life that we live, I don't think it's as big of a deal as you would think to get through the darkness and everything. And but I can't imagine 100 years ago. Oh yeah. yeah you know. Before
1: electricity.
6: Yeah, just before you had the pretty lights mm. and the accessibility, because we can get on a plane. Yeah. Alaskans don't think much about getting on an airplane. Yeah. You know, um, just like oh sure fine, we'll go to Seattle. It's three hours. We're done. Um, so yeah, it's just it's, it's like being on a big island. Yeah. Yeah. I love yeah.
1: It. Well, thank you for sharing. <laughs> That was awesome. And let's sing the doxology as they go back to their seats. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Praise him, all creatures here below. Praise him above
2: ye heavenly hosts.
1: Praise Father,
2: Son, and Holy
1: This Wednesday is the shortest day of the year, but that means on Thursday, we'll get a little bit of time, and it'll keep going. There's a beautiful passage in Scripture where it says, friends, our salvation is nearer now than when we first believed. Our hope is real, and our hope is true. And in this season, we celebrate that there is an arrival coming, and we expect it because we know it's true. So let us await together. Let's stand together and sing.
2: <coughs> oh, to be like thee, blessed Redeemer, this is my constant longing and prayer. Let me forfeit all of her treasures, Jesus, my perfect likeness to wear. Oh, to be like thee, oh, to be like thee, blessed Redeemer, pure as thou in thy sweetness, found in thy fullness. Spent thy own image deep on my heart. Oh to be like thee, full of compassion, loving, forgiving, tender and kind. Helping the helpless, cheering the fainting, seeking the wandering, sinner to find. Oh, to be like thee, oh, to be like thee. Blessed Redeemer, pure is art. Come in Thy sweetness, come in Thy boldness, have Thou an image deep on my heart. Oh, to be like Thee, lowly in spirit. Holy and harmless, patient and brave. Meekly enduring, cruel reproaches. Willing to suffer, others to save. Like
1: Thee, blessed Redeemer, purest thou heart. Come in thy sweetness, come in thy fullness, and thy own
2: it deep on my heart. to be like Thee, Lord, I am coming, now to receive the anointing divine. All that I am and have I am bringing, Lord, from this moment all shall be done. Be like thee, oh, to be like thee, blessed Redeemer, pure as thou art, come in thy sweetness, come in
4: thy fullness, stamp thy own image deep on my heart.
2: 433 for the Lord.
5: Lord's 433.
2: My Jesus, as thou wilt, oh man, I...
7: We've been uh, thinking about uh, lights um, this morning um, and how those numbers from Alaska are crazy
0: to me. Um, still trying to wrap my mind around some of that. Um, I was thinking about the last time that Erica and I went camping in Colorado and we were woefully unprepared. Um, we had some friends who invited us to go car camping, so not a huge, you know, big sort of crazy Colorado experience. Um, but we were gonna be on um, uh, land that's not managed by the, the Bureau of Land Management, so it means there's like, no services or anything like that. Like, it, it's just land, and you, know, you just do whatever you want. Um, and we, uh, we drove about three hours from our house to get there, and um, Erica had made this very detailed list of all the things that we needed to pack, And there was one item that wasn't on the list, I think that was just safely assumed by Erica, um, for me to pack, and that was our sleeping bags. (laughs) So we drove three, three and a half hours all the way out to this land with no services whatsoever. Um, We met our friends there, we had made this big fire, we were having a good time, sitting around the fire, and um, we started to get ready um, to go to sleep, and we realized we don't have any sleeping bags. <laughs> what are we gonna do? It's like 20 degrees outside, not negative 20, but you know, it's still pretty cold. Mm-hmm. And um, luckily, our friends had brought some like extra blankets for their children to, you know, use and like snuggle up with. But they gave us the blankets so that we could survive the night. And um, I snuggled with my dog really, really closely that night um, to stay warm and um, anyway all that to say i I think a lot about when we come to the table um we think about all the things that god has given us that we don't even anticipate we think about all the things that our friends in our life our family in our life has given us that that we never expected Um, and this is a great time um, in the season to remember um that even though things are hard and you might find yourself in situations where you're like how am i going to get through this a lot of times there are um, Things that have been given to us that that we never anticipated. Um, And those are the moments that we have uh, that I think uh, force us to depend more on God and more on others every single day. Um, So as we um, come to the table this morning, let's pray together. God, we thank you so much for this morning. And we thank you for this bread, which represents the body of Christ. Um, God, help us to be the body of Christ for others every day and help us to receive the body of Christ from others every day. We pray all this through Christ. Amen. pray for the cup. God, we thank you so much for this cup, which represents the blood of Christ that was shed for us. God, we, we pray that we would um, look for ways um, in which we might um, give to others and sacrifice for them in meaningful ways this week. We pray this through Jesus. Amen.
5: 704, 704, we've sung this before, but it's been quite some time, this is a little different song, but I think it fits what we talked about today, this is, this is an antiphonal song, that I means it has two parts, for singing back and forth to one another, which is the way a lot of church music historians think the early church sang. Uh, before they add four part harmony and things like that, they would sing one part and someone else would respond. And so the way we'll sing this is this side of the audience will sing the first line Watch them tell us of the night what its signs of promise are. They're asking a question. You will answer. Traveler, or Mountain Sight, see that glory of beaming star. Okay? And we have a question again at the top of the page, the third line. And the fourth line, which happens to be down again at the bottom is there. So it's back and forth like I'll sing all the obviously. It's a fairly easy tune, so you don't not have to worry about that, that too much. But I ain't fits with what we are talking about, because waiting for the light, the morning light to come. <clears throat> Watchman, tell us of the night what its signs of
2: promise are. Traveler born young mountains high, see that glory beaming star Watch the dove It's you just all Of hope Or joy foretell Traveler yes It brings a day
8: regarding his son, who, as to his earthly life, was a descendant of David, and who through the spirit of holiness was appointed the Son of God in power by his resurrection from the dead, Jesus Christ our Lord. Through him we receive grace and apostleship to call all the Gentiles to the obedience that comes from faith for His namesake. And you also are among those Gentiles who are called to belong to Jesus Christ. To all in Rome who are loved by God and called to be his holy people. Grace and peace to you from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. Please pray with me. Father in heaven, thank you so much for letting us be together today in this place. And help us to have a joyful season celebrating your son and celebrating our life and our families and the world. Help us to cling to your light, especially in moments of darkness and moments of confusion and moments of pain. Please help us find you in all of our journeys through our weeks and our days and our months and our years. And help us to love you and honor you through our life and through our works and through our friendships and through our relationships. And help us to. Cling to your light always and help us to find the gifts that you have given us here on this earth and help us be gifts to people through our journeys and help us to see you and find you and seek you in all the things. Amen. I am now doing the um, announcement. Welcome, I'm glad you're here. Um, Bravo to everyone today. I I just loved witnessing our um, spiritual roles, connecting with our earthly roles, and it was just a really beautiful thing to kind of see everyone come together and be ready to support. So that was really beautiful, bravo. Um, So this week is uh, Eowyn's birthday. Saw her yesterday in East Nash. Birthday girl. Um, tonight uh, there is going to be some caroling for Miss Fran. The address is in the bulletin. Um, worship service will be at ten thirty on the twenty-first and the first, and um, there will be no Wednesday gatherings on the twenty-first and twenty-eighth, and we will be back on the fourth. Uh, the men's retreat is January 6th through the eighth. Um, the women's retreat was fun, so I'm sure y'all will have fun too. Um, it says, it, it gives the cost, and in parentheses it says, what a deal. So, there you go. Um, if everybody can keep everyone on our prayer list in your prayers. The little pantry is still needing some things for drop-off. Is there anything else? Yes? Just, just a reminder, tonight's at 6. Some of those have been at 6.30, so just remember that
4: difference. It's 6 tonight at Plains. Six to nine of friends. All right. Well, coffee and donuts downstairs. Merry Christmas, everyone.
6: been listening to
1: 900 Ackland Avenue, the podcast for the Ackland Avenue Church of Christ. If you'd like more information about our community, our church website is http colon slash slash ackland.org. Thanks again for joining us. God bless.